0: DMB On Demand is a love letter written to the music of the Dave Matthews Band and the eclectic family that passionately supports them.
1: Hey everybody, it's uh, Andrew. Before we get into the history and the interview, I wanted to go over a few things with uh, you, the listener. A few topics and updates that we have, uh, things that we've been doing, uh, just kind of let you see behind the curtain, so to speak. First and foremost, uh, I want to talk about Patreon. We've been asked over the span of a decade in doing this, you know, how how can we support DMB On Demand? what we would do is we would give out a PayPal link and allow people to donate through PayPal. Well, I never felt too comfortable with that. It was like a one way street. I know that we have done a lot for DMB on Demand's followers over the years, but I wanted to do something to give back to those who helped us. So we decided to start a Patreon. And over on Patreon, I have multiple levels with perks such as custom DMB wallpaper, uh, custom DMB phone lock screens, DMB stickers, bonus content from the podcast, bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, and, and early release episodes, and also access to The Vault. If you know what The Vault is, then you know don't stick around and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and you're sure to learn what the Vault is and I assure you you want access to it. Uh, A special shout out goes to Sandra aka Granny and the four others who joined our Patreon this week. Each pledge allows us to keep going with this passion project and allows us to devote more and more time to it. So, thank you for everybody that signed up for it. Uh, thank you for those who are going to sign up. Uh, there's gonna be more and more perks as we go along. I assure you it's not a Patreon where you get one perk a month. Uh, while that is the case, we do one perk per month. There's also five, six, seven different perks that we release unprompted and unscheduled so lots of surprises in our patreon and and thank you to everybody who has supported us in one way or another over the years next i want to talk about the 2021 tour dates are out obviously and we're all raring to go and to get to the live shows again i wanted to let you know just as we've done in the past that we will have the audio from the concerts available within 12 to 24 hours after it's played in most cases. It kind of depends on how fast the tapers get the turnaround. But we will have the audio like we've done in past years with the poster and the artwork and the notepad of everything that goes along with the show. Uh, these will be put into the vault for download or stream. Again, kind of what we just discussed. Uh, If you know what the vault is, then no further explanation is needed. If you don't, stick around. Follow us on social media. You'll find out what it is. And uh, access to that is now through our Patreon page. Uh, You just have to look at the different levels on the Patreon page and pick which one is best for you. And that's where the 2021 Tour Audio... Out. next up i want to talk about bartender plates there's not much that needs to be said about where the title comes from obviously it comes from bartender after three seasons of the podcast the one topic that comes up time and time again in my interviews is this individual yet collective spirituality in the music and the building blocks of spirituality. I want to dig deeper into this idea with a DMV family. So a new group is coming dealing with the spirituality found in the music of DMV. So some of the topics will be God, the devil, faith, doubt, joy, despair, truth, lies, and much more. Everything that goes into this nebulous, this fluid thing we call spirituality. So members of the group will post videos and artwork and links and articles and other items to share how the music has affected their own spiritual walk. The admins will post quote-unquote official pieces each week where we break down a song and what it's meant to our spirituality. And I think it's gonna be a learning experience for both sides. I think we're gonna find that we have far much more in common than we thought. And you know, that's the core of DMB on demand, exploring that collective energy that comes from being part of the DMB family and listening to the music of DMB. And when we do these official postings each week. We're going to add that song to a playlist, and I have a few people who know their DMB set list history. And they're going to go through and find the best version they can find of that song each week. We're going to add it to the spreadsheet. And then over at DMBondemand.com, there's going to be a page where you can download or stream those tracks. So not only will we be sharing and collaborating with the DMB family. There's also going to be some audio as a companion to this idea, so I'm getting uh, ready to start on the design for the group and get it plugged in. I hope that by maybe Wednesday or Thursday of this week, we'll have opened it up privately to a few members first and let them post so we can kind of get the lay of the land. And then by the end of this week, I hope to open it up to the public so everybody can come in and share their stories. So again, it's called Bartender Please. A new Facebook group is coming for the brand. Next, I'd like to talk about our shop. It's been on hold for quite a while. Uh, I've been focusing on the podcast, The Vault, and other projects. I haven't totally forgotten about our Etsy shop and I'll start getting new designs in the shop this week. So it'll be just in time to get custom and unique
2: DMV merch for the summer
1: tour. And I'm starting off with three brilliant designs from the song, Bartender. I've been putting together this Bartender Please idea that we just talked about. And I had about 15 different logos. And of course I could only use one, So I'm going to take two or three of the best of those logos and we're going to put it on shirts and stickers and cups and bags and hoodies, things like that. Um, And so we'll be starting off with three bartender designs and I have about 20 different designs that I've been working on over the past couple months ready to go. As always, if you see something in the shop and you would like it customized, maybe you want a name added to it or a date. Or a a venue, whatever the case may be, we're more than able and more than willing to get you custom pieces, um, customizing the designs that are already in there. Also, if you have an idea for a design that you've wanted to see on merch, maybe it's a specific song and you would like us to come up with a design for that song and kind of custom fit it to you, the colors that you like the fonts that you like so on and so forth Uh, we're willing to do that as well Uh, it's a little bit more involved so there is uh, there is a charge for doing a complete from scratch custom design but it's nothing crazy and uh, if you really want to see a song represented in the way you want to see it and have merch that's exclusive to you we can absolutely do that as far as the podcast goes we have a new round of history, I decided to take some time and sit down and come up with an in-depth DMB history that airs right before the main interview on each episode. And so this week is going to be our first week that we do the more in-depth history. Uh, Bridget is going to be coming on and giving you the first episode about the 20th anniversary. And then from this point on, Each week the history will be new compared to if you've heard it before and it'll be a lot, it'll be fleshed out a lot further. And I want to take a moment here and just thank Bridget. Bridget is an amazing person who is kind and loving and giving and consistent. And it's it's hard to find any one of those things around these days so when you find somebody that has all those things you keep them close and so I just wanted to bring Bridget in close give her an audible hug and say thank you for always coming through for the history recordings for feedback for inspiration you are amazing Uh, amazing 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 so lastly the at the end of each episode, after the interview, we have the section called The Way I Heard It. For those who aren't familiar, The Way I Heard It brings the DMB family into the podcast. I pick somebody, and sometimes more than one person, each episode, and they sit down and they talk about what the song means to them. Usually they spend between 10 and 25 minutes I let the person pick their own song, so long as it's not one that we've done recently. And some people, what they do is they review a version of the song. And Others have shared stories about how the songs impacted a moment in their life or sometimes their whole life altogether. Others break down the lyrics line by line. There's complete freedom in the format. Whatever comes out from the heart is perfect for us and it's very simple, you just find a quiet place, use your phone's built in voice recorder, save your session when you're done, email it over to us and that's it. It's that easy. So if you want to have a little bit of catharsis and share some of yourself through the lens of DMB music for the DMB family this would be a good opportunity to do just that. Though all that said, I think we're just going to dive right into it. And uh, thanks for sticking around for three seasons. We're still growing, even three seasons in. Uh, I'm excited to bring you this episode. This is the best episode we've had yet. Not just the content, uh, the interview was more of a natural conversation and the audio quality. I think we've finally gotten it dialed in just right. So for everybody who's stuck with us through the first season when the audio was, let's face it, it, it was, eh, it wasn't garbage, but it wasn't great. The second season as we started to tweet things. Uh, Thanks for sticking around for season three. And now that we've got it dialed in, it's, It can go nowhere but up. So thanks for sticking around, and
2: let's get to it.
0: Hello, and welcome to DMB On Demand, where we explore the music of DMB and the family therein. Take a seat, get comfortable, and welcome to the best of what's around. Welcome to DMB On Demand. Before we get to the interview, We'll take a moment to discuss some DMB history and news. We will have links to all information presented in the notes section of the episode on dmbondemand.com.
2: Hey friends, welcome
3: back. This is Bridget uh, at Twitter, BrieHall4457. Missed you all and excited to be back working with our dear good, good friend, Drew. Continuing from last episode... The year 2011 marked the 20th anniversary of the band. In March 2010, DMB announced that they would not tour in 2011 for the first time in 20 years. On January 19th, 2011, the band announced on their website, 2011 is our 20th anniversary as a band and we want to celebrate by playing music together. While we were all still taking the year off from touring, we have decided to plan four multi-day, multi-artist music events that will take place this summer. We will be sending out save the date emails and announcing more information soon, but we wanted to share the news with our fans first. On February 22nd, the first show was announced as being a Baderfield in Atlantic City, New Jersey with David Gray, Ray Ray LaMontagne, The Flaming Lips, OAR and others, and would take place on June 26th. The first show was hosted in Atlantic City at Bader Field on June 26, 2011. The Dave Matthews Band Caravan was largely successful. The short 13-show tour saw the live return of many fan-favorite songs. Captain was played for the first time since 2004 at at the debut show of the Caravan tour on June 24, 2011. This show also saw the debut cover performances of Led Zeppelin's Good Times, Bad Times, and Morphine's Buena. Features from the band's 2006 summer tour, Break Free, and Kill the King were also played for the first time since 2006. The unreleased song Joyride hit single, American Baby from Stand Up were also played for the first time since 2006. Tim Reynolds and Dave Matthews also played their own acoustic set, performing performing songs like Oh and So Damn Lucky. The top three albums played on this tour from most, uh, from most to Least Played were Big Whiskey and the Grugux King cover songs and Crash. Tune in next week for the continuation of DMB history from DMB On Demand. Love you guys. Talk to you
2: soon.
0: Each week, we have an intimate conversation with a member of the DMB family. We explore how the music of Dave Matthews Band and the deep bonds within the DMB family have shaped their life. We come to realize that while each story is unique and the family as a whole is diverse, we are sewn together by one common thread. The members of Dave Matthews Band and the people who make up the DMB family are simply people who love. We hope you enjoy this week's interview.
2: Hey
1: everybody, we're here with uh, Perry Ritter. Perry is or has been a familiar name uh, for quite a few years now. We started DMB on Demand back when it was just a little video website, and then as it evolved throughout the years, um, this is one name that's always consistently been there and been around. And a uh, really good guy. And we're going to dive deep into his his brain on on how DMB has in- impacted his life and what he thinks of the music and some of the other things that come along with the music so before we get into the dmb stuff perry if you could just kind of round yourself out as a person what you do for a living uh your family what home life looks like just uh anything you can think of
4: absolutely drew thank you so much man for having me on the podcast i am a professional graphic designer Uh, i do a podcast as well part-time it's all about bourbon uh, which is a lot of fun Usually like to drink some bourbon while I'm also listening to Dave Matthews Band. Uh, I'm a musician as well. I'm a husband uh, to my high school sweetheart. I'm a father, my first child, was born in October. It was Eden. She's our pride and joy, of course. And uh, I'm a pretty diehard Dave Matthews Band fan. I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, I was born and raised, and I'm actually currently raising my own family here uh, as well.
2: Scale of one to ten on the DMB fandom scale. Where are you at?
4: I would say I'm not I'm not a I have to see every show kind of guy, but I am a I have to listen to uh as many of the shows as I possibly can per tour kind of guy. Um I would say comfortably within the uh within the eight to nine range. Nice.
1: Nice. And going back to your podcast, I was curious, Sure, as I was getting into it myself, what is it that, that got you really interested in the whole world of bourbon?
4: So part of that was me growing up in Kentucky where bourbon is just kind of second nature to most of us. You know, you, it, years, <laughs> you can't go to Kentucky without horse racing. You can't hear about Kentucky without somebody bringing up bourbon. And the the southern charm of it all as well. And so I always just kind of grew up around it. My dad was a bourbon drinker, is still a bourbon drinker. And it just kind of seemed like a natural fit for something for me to, me to kind of uh, take a look at a little bit deeper. And when I did, I found out that um, it's really an incredible spirit. And one that has a wonderfully... Rich history, and I I love the heritage behind bourbon. I love that it's America's only native spirit um, that was actually signed into law in the mid 1900s. Uh, and it, it's just it's not just a part of who I am as a person, but a part of who we are as a country too. And I think that it's not to be ignored when uh, when we're talking about who we are as people.
2: Okay. I actually had a couple questions to deal with uh, the topic of your, your marriage and your,
1: your child Eden. So we'll, we'll start with it's Lucy, right? Your wife's name. Yes. Yes. Her name is Lucy. Okay. If you could tell Lucy one thing that she needs to hear right now, what would you tell her?
4: Oh man. Um, I think right now, And I tell her, I tell her every day, but I just, I appreciate her. I appreciate you, Lucy, Um, Mm. because she has just been, you know, like I said, this is our first child and um, she has just become an absolute rock star putting Eden first and taking care of her day in and day out. And I'm not saying that I'm not, I, that kind of makes it sound like I'm not around to take care of her or help out as well, but that's definitely not the case. She's just the, uh, the primary source of, uh, of comfort for Eden. And, um, I'm, I'm very thankful for her and all of the work that she, uh, continues to do for our, our little, our little bundle of joy.
1: Yeah, and, and with Eden, I had a conversation last week with somebody who we were talking about some old songs, DMB songs that we didn't really care for, uh, didn't dislike, but just they weren't our favorites. And then something happened and it pivoted and all of a sudden this song overwhelmed us. And so uh, I'm curious if that happened with Eden and the song Come Tomorrow, or were you always um, into that song? It just seems like fatherhood would make that song
4: mean so much more. There, there's a whole kind of list of songs that have become more popular over the past few years. Or ex- excuse me, really, that Dave Matthews has put out over the past few years. That, um, of course, have been more geared towards his children. And um, yeah, come tomorrow. Come tomorrow hit me in a really weird way. In about the middle of 2020, so that you know that was around July or August, and um, Lucy was rounding out her her pregnancy, and as all things go, the closer you get to uh, your, a, a a specific date or a specific time, things start to become more real. They start to become more finite, and the more I thought about the world that Eden gets to grow up in and the world that she gets to shape and how I want to encourage her to be a positive force for the the world around her. Um, it, it did really start to kind of get me Get me in the fields and um, come tomorrow. Is all about our our children being the future, and you know the strength that we can instill in them. And it's a really strange time for our world right now, but I'm um, I'm excited and I'm optimistic about the future. And uh, if if <laughs> If Eden's got a song like "Come Tomorrow" as her guiding light, I'm not going to be mad about it. I can't. I can't be upset about that
2: at all. You know, you you mentioned about the songs being geared towards Dave's children, and that kind
1: of hits on a a topic I've been discussing lately with a few people. And so, look, when it comes to DMB fans, uh, there's Two types of hardcore fans. Um, one is all about the community, uh, DMB family, and what's behind the music and, and the lessons it teaches us and how to apply those lessons to our life. And then there's the other kind where they can list stats from 12 years ago and shit all over Buddy and just sure. like it's really jaded with it. And once – wants the songs to go back to where they were well the problem is the man who wrote the songs isn't who he was he evolves he evolves just like all of us if you want the angst of a 21 year old dude that doesn't have anything figured out and is tearing himself apart then go back but if you want songs that are geared towards children and have more of a social conscience, then these later albums are going to be your cup of tea. So, you're, when he said you know songs geared towards children, absolutely one hundred percent correct. And um, yeah. honestly, I can't wait to find out what he starts singing about when he has grandkids and when he starts to face you know he's closer to death than he is to life. Like these are things that you know are going to impact his songs, and I I, I just can't wait to explore
4: that. And, and it's funny because I think that the older Dave gets, the more he becomes kind of a, I mean, it's, you know, it's not totally something that's unexpected, but when you talk about, you know, people like Neil Young and Pete Seeger and, um, you know, there were his influences, but he's also kind of becoming like a, I don't know, like just an elder in the community. Yes. Almost. Yes. Yes. And uh, it's it's something that I I it's just a natural progression for somebody in his his position, and you know I I understand that this is not the same band that it was five mm-hmm. years ago, ten years ago, yeah. twenty, thirty at this point. But what band is that has gone on for that long? And um, I I think the difference between other bands that have had even longer longevity than, than DMB and DMB is that the band has been so flexible and they have been so willing to grow, not just as people, but as musicians and whether it's adversity through circumstances they can't control or through just being inspired by different things that makes them so much more interesting and so much more compelling and grounded than a band who's been playing nothing but the same songs over the past 40 or 50 years. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a, it's a double edged sword. You can't please everybody, but at the same time, um, I think that if we look at Dave as a patriarch, he's, he's serving that purpose very well. For the community and for music yes. as a
2: whole. 100%. I uh, couldn't agree
1: with you more. And since we've now dipped our toe into the DMB pool, we're going to kind of go for a swim. So. The easy, well, the easiest question on paper is usually one of the more difficult ones. And it's the the flat out question you would expect to be asked first thing on a DMB podcast is uh, what's your favorite DMV song and why that particular one? And hey, if you don't have an all time favorite because it changes in Morse, that's fine. I get it. You can go <laughs> with you can go with the current favorite if that's easier and, and why that's your favorite.
4: So I um it you it does change quite a bit. It does alter from time to time. But, you know, I, I, I did go through the, the periods early on where it was like, Crash Into Me is the song. Satellite is the song. Two Step, 41, um, shoot, even 36. But there there's been two songs that have consistently competed over the past couple of years. And one of them edges out the other one. Drunken Soldier um, has become the song that has uh, given me my mantra of be kind always, no matter. And I think that that's just a a general mantra for so many of us in the in the Dave Matthews band community. Um, But I have truly, truly taken that to heart. And it's transformed who I am as a person over the past few years. And given me a a different perspective of um, what it means to coexist and what it means to understand what everybody is going through as people. And I I say all that only to say that the song that has edged it out is actually Pig, um, which seems to be... A little more divisive for a lot of people, and I don't fully understand that because it's so at the heart of what makes Dave Matthews Band music so special and so unique. It's that you know, it and Tripping Billy's, I mean, says it flat out: "Eat drink and be merry for tomorrow will die." But with pig it takes that concept and it just blows it up and shows that nothing is finite and nothing is guaranteed and we should do our best to to just enjoy life as we are given it and it's not easy for everybody to be able to step back and say that but in my personal experience I get to say that and I get to feel comfortable with being excited for what life throws at me next. And it's not always positive. I mean, there's hard times for everybody, but if, if I need encouragement, if I need solace, if I need even just a break, pig gives me that. And, um, it's, one of the few songs that I think has been um, consistent in quality over the years, over the, the changes that the band has gone through. I don't think that there's a bad uh, version of Pig, even the early ones, before um, it actually made it onto Before These Crowded Streets. Um, but it's, um, it's just one of those kind of
2: perfect songs for me. Yeah, pig, there's a there's
1: a line in it that kind of hits me every time I hear it and it's from the dark side we can see the glow of something bright and just one of the reminders um, mm. that that I need to understand that you mm. know some things you're not going to be able to
4: see unless you're in the darkness. I got I got chills when you said it, man. Yeah. I got the ch- yeah. I got the chills. <laughs> it's just yeah. it just it hits you. It hits you right. You're like Yep oh my gosh like and and i i'll I'll speak to a specific experience as okay. well um i'm I'm younger in the Dave matthews band community I'm not quite thirty yet um and i so I've only been to a handful of shows. The shows that I've been to have really been since I never got to see laroy live um which i I hate so much um But so since basically since 2008, when Tim rejoined the band full time um, and in 2016, we were we were on vacation with my family and every summer is, you know, if Dave Matthews band is coming to or excuse me, to uh, Riverbend in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, we're there and we missed the Riverbend show. But we managed to go to the show in North Charleston, South Carolina, and we were pit for it. And the second song was pig. And I, I just, Oh man, it, it it just like, (laughs) it absolutely solidified my love for that song. And here I am in a crowd of people we're all singing and dancing and having a great time. And Dave goes, take your hands from your eyes, my love. All good things come to an end sometimes, but don't throw the day away. And oh, I was oh, just, wow. I I was just bawling in the pit at a Dave Matthews band concert. And I am going to catch a lot of flack from the people who don't like Dave Matthews band in my life. But you know what? <laughs> I don't care, man that was right? one of the best moments that i could have had listening to that band and enjoying that band and getting to experience them not just on a personal level but on a communal level and i again i i, I just like i just started just openly weeping and my wife was in front of me and she was like i could feel you trembling as <laughs> you started crying and I was like I can't help it I don't know what you want me to do it's my favorite right. song and it's just it was just a perfect moment it was one of those moments that I'll i uh, will I'll remember forever and um, you know it just solidified how great that song is for me
2: yeah that moment that you had
1: um, a little bit of backstory about the podcast so I'm a, a long time fan but my first show wasn't until The Gorge in 2019. So my first show was Gorge for three nights. I can't complain. And Uh, yeah, it was was amazing. uh, And all through the years, watching the band, the one song and guest that stuck out the most to me was Central Park Concert with Warren Haynes, where they did mm -hmm. Cortez the Killer. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: I thought, I'm going to be chasing this song for the rest of my life. And on night two of my first show, I got Cortez the Killer in it. I don't know what happened. But something changed and shifted inside of me. And then not more than 10 minutes later, they're playing number 41. And I remember looking around and I'm seeing a few people crying, like openly crying. And you could tell it wasn't something that they needed help with. Like it was just an experience for them. And that's the the exact moment that I, I decided I didn't know it then. But that's the exact moment where I started asking the questions that would lead me to this podcast to try to talk to as many people as possible to understand how this music has shaped their lives. Because if it brought us all to this concert, it had to have an influence in the worst times and the best times of our life. And there's no way that can't be a shared experience. We may not feel it. But there are people going through some shit right now, and they might not think that other people are going through the same shit that they are. But to find Mm -hmm. out that they are, and then to find out that the music that helped them is helping you, suddenly you're not as alone as you might have felt beforehand. So seeing these instances at the gorge of people being emotionally – I don't even know it's charged. I don't know. It wasn't sadness. But whatever it was, I remember thinking, I really would like to know. (laughs) <laughs> what that music has done for that person over the years that brought yeah. them here to this show tonight. And so you, with your experience, that would have been one I would have saw and said, I, I, I want to know that story. And uh, so that's kind of how this came to be is wanting to know people's story. Um, yeah, man. So, And with that, can you give me your uh, favorite lyric and, and why that one's
4: your particular favorite? Oh man. I mean, I, I already kind of touched on it before I I started waxing poetic about pig, but you know, as, as we were talking about drunken soldier and, and the line be kind always no matter and how that became my mantra, um, and how it became the thing that I want to instill in my children and hope that they instill in their children and so on and so on. Um, it it's complicated because here here's okay. Let me back up a little bit and talk about the song "Drunken Soldier" uh, in general. Um, when I first heard it, I did not like that song. Just hands down, I didn't care for like, it. It like actively actively disliked it. Um, I w- I wouldn't say actively to the point where I turned it off, but I would say I was very conscious. Of the fact that um, if it came on, I would more than likely skip it. Um, okay, okay. Now, though, with the advent of me having this this emotional and and in some ways even kind of spiritual connection to that lyric, um, because it does uh, it does shape not just. Um, the way I feel about things, but it also shapes the way that I feel about existence. Right. Um, And, and that's a, that's an entirely different conversation, but the, the line be kind, always no matter is five words. It's punchy. It keeps you going. And like, it kind of smacks you in the face and, and slaps you upside the head and goes, Hey man, just reel it back in a little bit. And the, the first time The first time that I remember that line hitting home for me, um, was after the, um, oh my gosh, the shooting, the, the shootings at the elementary school in the, the Northeast. Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Thank you. Golly. I cannot believe I forgot that. Um, but the the Sandy Hook shootings, and I, I think that that was the first time too, that um, I was not not exposed to, but kind of reminded of the evil that people can possess
0: sure. and
4: it, it was a it was a terrifying moment for me, and um i I found a lot of peace in be kind always no matter because again you don't know what people are dealing with you don't know the the situation that they might be in and and to your point too Drew yeah we don't know what other people might be just going through we could be going through the same exact things but you know they don't always handle it the same way that you do you might have a different perspective uh than than they do but The key thing is, you must treat everybody with compassion and with respect. And it's important that we instill that not only in our children, but also in ourselves. And if we take the time to be very aware and we take the time to be very conscious of, you know, (laughs) I know that guy at Starbucks today was a little bit short with me when he was giving me my coffee. Could have had a bad day could have had a bad start to his morning. Not going to keep me from giving him a tip. Or maybe somebody cut me off in traffic. Doesn't mean that I have to flip him bird or honk my horn at him, you know? Stuff happens. And so I I just am I'm very consciously yet unconsciously aware of how that line, how that lyric has seeped into my my brain and my being, and I just, um, if I get nothing else out of this band, if I get nothing else out of Dave's songwriting other than the one line, be kind, always, no matter, I'll be okay with it.
2: Earlier, in one of the answers you were giving, you said that your friend's going to give you some
1: some shit over the topic (laughs) and I want to kind of give you a chance to get ahead of that. So, and I'm genuinely curious, you know, there's all these bands out there. I I could list, you know, a dozen off the top of my head that are great bands that have a great community. Um, the fan base is awesome. The access to the music throughout the years is awesome. Pearl jam comes to my head, uh, fish. So, with that being said, when it comes to you and um, your your love for DMB and everything that it entails, why DMB? Like,
2: what? Why this specific band?
4: Oh, the million dollar question. Okay, well, let me give credit where credit is due. First and foremost, um, <laughs> growing up, I was very fortunate to be exposed to many different kinds of music. And one of those kinds of music was adult contemporary, which as a seven or eight year old sounds kind of strange, but (laughs) you know, I was, uh, that was about 2000, 2000, anywhere from 2000 to 2005, um, where this kind of would have started for me. And one of the, the bands that seemed to be in heavy rotation was Dave Matthews band. And then (laughs) And then my brother and I started expressing interest more in the band to my dad. And my dad is an audiophile. I I mean, he is just hands down, loves music to the nth degree, can talk about it ad nauseum. And I, I mean, he's just he's just a huge, huge music fan. I don't know any other way to describe it, any better way to describe it. And. So when when we kind of reached out to him and said, "Hey, do you have any more of this music?" Well, you know, at that point we had only heard Satellite, Crash Into Me, Where Are You Going, um gosh, the hits. <laughs> the hits, yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, even even the first time and it's it's not my favorite song anymore, um but I've rediscovered my love for it recently. But even the first time that we heard, I heard Gray Street, my mind just kind of got blown away. And I, I was very, very ready to accept this band for what they were and who they were. And the more time that I spent with them, the more I felt like it was an old friend that I had kind of rediscovered. And I think that's what Keeps bringing me back is that there's a sense of comfort and there's a sense of um, familiarity, while also reinvigorating my lust for life and my passion for uh, for music in general. And I, I mentioned this up top. I'm also a musician, and I my acoustic music is very heavily influenced by Dave's playing um and i i don't mean to plug so early in the podcast but um i put out i put out an album in 2014 um called mine heart it's available on my website it's PerryRitter.bandcamp.com. um and the second song on there is called 20 and the riff for that song came about as i was playing along to uh minarets And I just started kind of fiddling around with it and, and doing something different than what I was listening to. And um, I think I wrote that song within about 48 hours just because the energy behind it was so um, it it felt like what I loved about Dave and what I loved about that music. And so where, where I, you know, have this, this unending passion and, uh, and, and, admiration for their music on its own. um, It also invigorates me as a musician and truthfully as a person too. And it goes back to my whole spiel about be kind always, no matter. It just, there's so much crap in the world, not just crap going on, but just crap in general that when I find something that I love and I find something that I am really well attached to and find an emotional connection to, Buddy, that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm just done. Just <laughs> let me clock out for the day at that point. Um, and so Dave's it, man. There's only like a couple other artists that I feel this way about. And um, Dave is in like the top three to five of that group. So there's more than just Crash Into Me, okay? There's more than just the stuff that was played on the radio. Every day is a great song, but you never <laughs> heard number 41 live, okay? Just listen, Chad. I'm calling you out specifically, Chad. You're not listening to this podcast, but I'm going to call you out about it. So
1: <laughs> all right. So if, 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 if Chad and your other friends and family were, were, were sitting in a room and they had to sit there and listen to one song that you play for them, what is the one song you would make Chad and all your friends and family listen to? And, and why do you want them
4: to hear that particular song? First off I would feel incredibly awkward if I forced them to sit down and listen to a song. <laughs> that's so <laughs> that's just not in my person to do. Um but dang man. Um It's hard to pick just one cuz you know, you you want to give them the the fun goofy energy of Trippin' Billies, you want to give them the sentimentality of Grave Digger, you want to you know, show them that <laughs> I mean, they, they've got roots buried even deeper with songs like Time Bomb or or Minarets or, or even Christmas Song. <sighs> it's hard for me to get away from my favorite. It's hard for me to say I wouldn't want them to listen to Pig. Um, but I also think that number 41 is such a, a musical masterpiece and such a tapestry of of different genres kind of coming together to form this one cohesive piece of music that I I almost feel like a live, (laughs) a live 41 would be the way to go. And I would even say I would, I might be able to pinpoint it, but maybe live tracks one that, that 41 rendition Mm -hmm. uh, with Bela Fleck that, that is a, It's an absolute killer track, man. I I go back and listen to that that whole show. That's one of my favorite Dave shows. Uh, If I could give them a show to listen to, that's one of my favorite shows of all time.
2: Okay, so going back to The Gorge and to your
1: experience in The Pit and having that emotional moment... um, the music, the reason we have these emotional moments and the reason we're pulled to each other and to the music is because that music has been there for us in our best days and on our worst days. And it can mean something different to every single person, but there's this sort of commonality behind how the music has impacted our lives and how we filter it. Uh, so we're going to talk about those good days and bad days. Yeah. Um, I'm finding the more people I talk to it, it it's more there's more in common than there is not when it comes to sharing our stories and how the band has has impacted our lives. So let's start on the um I I don't know I've know, never know how to phrase it the the tragic end of the scale um was there ever an event in your life that, that just kind of flipped you upside down and during this event Was there a song that helped you see it for what it is? Or maybe it's a song that you heard years later and like, oh, that completely relates to
2: this specific instance. And you you kind of drew from that.
4: Oh, man. Um, I could go in so many different directions with this question. Um, Let me start, though, by... I guess, not my favorite phrase in the world, but it's one that seems appropriate, and especially in this specific situation. Let me speak my truth. I am an incredibly anxious person, and I have dealt with anxiety and depression basically my entire life. And um, I, I know that it's, it's kind of a cop-out to say, well, I've been, you know, it, it's not one specific moment, but um, the the whole thing has just been a moment for me. And it's one that I have continued to struggle with. It's one I've continued to grapple with and um, not an easy thing for a teenager to uh, have to handle day in and day out. I made it through. I'm very thankful. Very uh, fortunate for that. Um, not, <clears throat> it's, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's a, it's a tough thing to talk about, but, um, d- d- depression and anxiety, uh, has been a consistent factor in my life. And fortunately, so has Dave Matthews music. And, um, as much as I find encouragement through songs like pig, um or even comfort in some of their their classics some of their hits um everyday has been
2: it's been kind of a
4: catch-all for me when it comes to maybe i'm having a bad day maybe i'm having a good day and just kind of feel like dancing a little bit but it's um it's a very well crafted song that um I'm I'm very thankful for. I'm very very thankful for that song. And it's it's gotten me through some rough patches. It really has. And I don't think I would be who I am
2: without it. Yeah. So a couple of points I want to speak on there. One is anxiety.
1: Um, that is the exact thing that kept me away from seeing a DMB show for countless years. I don't know, 10 years, maybe right. um, just dealing with the anxiety of being around that many people. It, it just, yeah. it, it was overwhelming to me. And um, so I, yeah, I definitely understand. And then whoo. I'll tell you what, my favorite song, number 27. um, Oh, man. Yeah. It uh, it taught me, before I was married, before I met my wife, before I got the mental and emotional help that I desperately needed but didn't know I needed, back before all those things which have allowed me to be who I am today, I was somebody different. And... There was so much internal conflict and turmoil g- going on inside of myself that it literally oozed out of me and affected every relationship. I couldn't have friendship, I couldn't have a relationship, could barely hold a job. Like everything that came out of me was so negative. And when I first heard the song, number 27, I had probably what's comparable to a very small version of what you had when you were in the pit, because all of a sudden I thought life was this turmoil and conflict. And here comes this song that says, you know, it's okay to be conflicted. I'm sick of war. I'm sick of peace. I'm sick of sound. Like I'm sick of silence. I go sick of the darkness till I'm sick of the light. And all of a sudden I felt okay to be conflicted as long as I'm on my way home or on my road home. Um, and now in the song's particular version, his road home is to an arm, the arms of a woman uh, now I can say that same thing home to me is, is my wife it doesn't matter where we're at, if I can get to her then I am home, so now I'm able to deal with these conflicts now they've they've all but a small bit of them went away after I got the help that I needed. But even so when they still bubble up from time to time, I'm reminded to listen to that song just to remind me that it's okay to be conflicted as long as you're on your road home, whatever home may be to you. It's, It's different for everybody. So, um, all right, let's go to the other side then. Uh, <laughs> Dave Matthews Band has certainly been a part of many people's lives on good days, whether it be the birth of a child, a wedding, a reunion, meeting an old friend after being apart for so many years. Do you have one of those like pinnacle days that you can think of? And is there a song that really made it just
4: special or looking back, you know, it kind of gives some perspective on it? I'm su- Dude, I'm such a sucker. I'm such a big softie when it comes to sentimentality and when it comes to stuff like big life moments. And of course it's not recency bias. It is dad bias. But when my, when my daughter was born in October, when Eden was born in October, I, the, all the way to the hospital throughout the entire day, throughout the entire night, um, i just i was just singing Samurai copo Joy begin over and over and over in my head, and um <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna tell on lucy a uh, uh, a hair um because she wouldn't like Dave Matthews without me being in her life, and even still she kind of comes at him at at, his, at the music of the band from somewhat of a critical uh stance as well. And that's fine because I I like having somebody who challenges me in what I what I like. It's a you know it gives it gives yeah. me the chance to have a conversation. Um <laughs> but uh the first couple times that we heard samurai cop and <laughs> he he sang the line your mother screams and pushes you she was like why does that have to be in a song Perry? Why does he feel compelled to put that descriptor into a song? I was like, Because it's, it's part true. of the it's it is. It's part of the joy beginning. It's the whole yep. theme behind the song. And her biggest criticism of Dave Matthews Band is that uh they have horrible song titles. <laughs> 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 she she thinks it is the most frustrating thing in the world that there are numbered songs. Because she she just cannot get 41 straight or 36 or 27 or any of them. And, and I'm like, I, I've explained it to her. And she's still like, well, that's just dumb. I'm like, I, I understand where you're coming from. But there's a convention behind it. And I'm sorry. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Samurai Cop is very special to me. Um, in the same way that Come Tomorrow is to to a lot of us in the community as well because it is this vision of a small child coming into the world and growing up and um i i had a lot of anxiety going into being a first-time dad but man if i wasn't the most excited in the world i have ever been about anything and i love it man i love it and i oh, oh joy begin just kind of summed it up perfectly when uh, I got to sit in the hospital room and cradle my little baby.
2: So, my wife and I, we travel. Um, I uh-huh.
1: do graphic and web design, so I can work anywhere there's an internet connection. And she's a registered nurse, and she came to me oh, one man. day. Kept, yeah, she came up to me one day a couple of years ago and I said, Hey, You always said you wanted to travel. Why don't we get paid to do it and actually do it? And so she signed on as a travel nurse. And on the road we went, we've been to the Northeast, to New York, New Hampshire, to Florida, to Washington, everywhere in between. Um, California, which is where we came back to Santa Monica, California, because we liked it so much. Um, And it's been fantastic. But there's one problem. We're doing this travel while we can. We were mm. young and had the capacity to travel. We didn't have a child depending on us for stability. <laughs> and it was, it, it was part of the freedom of being able to do it. But lately, I've been talking to some people, a couple of friends, and a couple of people I've interviewed, including you, that have been talking about their uh, newborn son or daughter. <laughs> and man, it makes me... We're going to be doing this for another year, maybe year and a half, and then we're going to settle down and start having kids and house and all, all that. But man, if hearing these stories doesn't make me want to hit fast forward on that quite a bit, uh, <laughs> it's just something that, that I'm looking forward to tremendously.
4: You, you know what? I'll, I'll speak to that for just a second. Um, I have always felt that I was meant to be a dad and I was meant to raise a child And um, when I was fortunate enough to meet my wife when I was in high school, when we were in high school together, um, we had this kind of aha moment together where we realized this is it. This is who we're supposed to be with from here on out. Another great Dead Matthews band song, but side sets, sidebar. Anyway, um, (laughs) also here on out. Gets me every single time. We heard it live in 2019. And I, man, I was I, I was able to hold my wife and listen to that song and sing along to it. And it just was a beautiful, perfect moment. It was another one of those perfect moments for me. Um, but anyway, I always knew I was going to be a dad. And Lucy and I realized that we were supposed to be parents together even at an early age and so it was always just kind of a we'll get there eventually thing and we uh we both finally finished college (laughs) we were in college for an extended period of time we decided that it was time to move back to our hometown of Lexington where we both grew up so we could be closer to our family. All our family is still here. And we started getting comfortable with our living situation. And we were just kind of like, whatever happens, happens. We have a baby soon. Great. If it takes a year of trying also fine. Um, sure enough, she was an accident. And, I what a lot of people say is very true. Even though you say, well, We'll get to it when we're ready. Uh, you're never actually ready. <laughs> it just kind of like comes to comes to to fruition, I yeah, for lack of a better phrase. But man, I, I tell you what, it's so good. It's just it's just good. And I know that, like there's other ways to describe it: being great, being fantastic, the best thing in your entire life. But it's just inherently good and I love it I love being a dad you're gonna love being a dad too man it's so much fun (laughs) yeah I I can't wait
1: I can't wait I can't wait to be able to not look weird when I'm playing with toys again Uh, (laughs) I just I mean don't get me wrong I still do it but I just won't get looked at as much when I have a kid with me so dude I I
4: just started I just started collecting Funko Pops again and (laughs) I'm on I'm on number two But at least it gives me a a reason to kind of break them out. And I've still got a bunch of toys of my mom and dad's from when I was a kid. And I fully intend to pass them down to my kids. Because, I
0: mean, why the heck not?
4: They're in perfectly good condition. I could probably sell them for a small fortune. But even still, I mean, I want to enjoy that time with my kids. I want to be like, hey, daddy used to play with Super Saiyan Goku all the time when he was, you know, in elementary school. But anyway, (laughs) the nerd side comes out. Right, right. (laughs) All
1: right, so without any explanation, um, what I'd like you to do is pick three songs, and um, let me think of how I want to phrase this. So if you have heard the song
2: number 27, the number 41, and Bartender, if you know those songs, to know those songs
1: is to know me. So I want you to give me three songs. Without any
2: explanation, and to know those three songs is to know Perry Ritter
4: go <laughs> bartender um <laughs> you never know and out of my hands
2: ooh, let's talk about you never know for for
1: a minute. Can you break that one down for I know I said no explanation, but that's a, a rare <laughs> uh rare answers, and so that song always piques my interest.
4: Yeah, let, let's let's talk about you never know, because it's um it's at the very least top ten Dave songs for me, maybe top five. Uh, and it's a song that I'm probably gonna be chasing uh for the rest of the life of the band. But in the same vein of Pig, it has this kind of ethereal uh, seize the day feeling about it um but it it's where where pig is more on the um pig's more comforting i guess uh you never know is more uh it's more of the eccentric side of that that notion i would say and I I'm not saying <laughs> I might have dug a hole for myself here Drew but um I'm not the most eccentric person in the world but I I I love the feeling of wonder and and the sense of um the eccentricity that kind of comes about from The only thing I can think of when stuff. you say
2: that is is
1: uh don't lose the dreams inside your head
4: yeah and and also um it's that childlike wonder of i uh, hey the moon is chasing me. You know like that's yeah. that is a very juvenile and i don't mean that negatively but it's a very juvenile sense of of phrasing that you know oh the the moon's actually coming after me. Well that's not entirely the case kid but you know embrace that that excitement embrace that enjoyment of feeling free and feeling elevated beyond what man it sounds hippy dippy but i don't really care but <laughs> but in, in enjoy not feeling tied down to your your responsibilities and and you know allow yourself the space to be a, a kid from from time to time and um You Never Know is just one of those, uh, it's another one of those songs where I, if I hear it once, I have to hear it 500 times again right afterwards, and it it just means a lot to me, and I, (laughs) I'm not the best at it always, but I do like to embrace the sense of, let's go do something, let's try something new, so.
2: So the final question, it's going to be a little
1: different than how I normally ask it. Normally, I just ask if you were sitting down with a the band, they were on a couch in a room and you just walked in and they were there and you cool. had five minutes, what would you say? But for you, I'm going to a little caveat to that to make it a little bit more difficult. <laughs> assume, assume that they understand already your gratitude. So you don't need to say yeah. thank you. Sure. Um, they understand the gratitude
2: already. You have a few minutes to talk to them. What do you tell them?
4: (laughs) Um, My go-to, of course, is um, I wouldn't be who I am without you. But that kind of falls under the gratitude category. No, Um, no, not at
2: all. Not at all. I understand what you're saying.
4: Yeah, it's... I, I mean it sincerely when I say something like one line from their music has influenced me so much that it has shifted who I am as a person. And I'm not beating around the bush. I'm not trying to, you know, put, put airs on or whatever, but I, I truly, truly mean that. And there's, (laughs) there's two parts to this one. It's to share that, you know, I'm not who I am now without them, but then to give them specific examples. And, and I am really, really bad. I've been saying this a bunch recently and, um, I, it's, it's kind of me coming to terms with it and trying to kind of cope with it. But I am really bad with genuine praise, meaning I ca- I have a really hard time accepting compliments. um, It's it's just it makes me kind of cringe and it makes me just feel a little awkward and like I need to go away for a little bit and like think about it and like I appreciate it. I always appreciate when I get genuine praise and when somebody actually says, you know, hey, what you're doing is really good. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I take that to heart. But at the same time, it becomes very difficult for me to hear um, just because I don't. I don't know how to respond to it. So there's a part of me that, you know, understands that about myself, but also wants to express to them, um, specific examples, whether it's, you know, trying to get through the, the trauma of the the Sandy Hook shootings or trying to realize that everything's okay with my my anxiety and depression and that their music has done something to elevate me as a person or or just to show that you know this band means not so not just so much to me but to this community at large and i want to you know find a way to like express that (laughs) intimately to them and i (sighs) i I want so badly to sit down with them and play music, and in five minutes, I don't have that time. but for crying out loud if i could if I could join in on a number forty one with them or even if they could play my song with me i I would just be elated and it would you know it would be a highlight for me of my entire life, and I know I just got done talking about my daughter being born um but it's it is not dissimilar in that sense of joy um, that I would kind of feel, but I am, I would spend a lot of time (laughs) gushing and just as much time asking if we could sit down and play some music together.
2: All right, before we wrap it up, I I had a question that kind of popped in my head Mm -hmm. halfway through our interview, an idea that
1: I'm fleshing out and like to know if you'd be interested in it. Um, So, with all the stuff I do for DMB on Demand, all the the videos and the archives, and then the podcast and the online shop, and it all starts to add up after a while. No matter how much passion you have for something, it can start to add up, and it starts to add up financially. So I was starting to look for ways to offset that, and I was thinking of starting a Patreon. And what I wanted to do was offer um, special episodes, shorter episodes. Uh, yeah. The, the only idea in my head that I can come up with to, to explain it is a boomerang. And essentially, we just pick one song and we sit down and we shoot the shit about that song. And we can go out as far as we want with our stories as long as we always bring it back in the end to the song. Uh, I think it'd be really neat to explore songs with people. Would that be something you'd be interested in doing?
4: Drew, absolutely. I've got a thousand ideas that I would happily throw awesome. your way for a for a for a d and beyond demand patreon um nice. i i think you should absolutely run with that and uh consider me signed up
1: <laughs> i right know right yeah i've been working on it the last couple of days i don't want to it's not something i want to push out you know on a whim or or, or speed it up it, oh, it's yeah. gonna happen oh, yeah. when it happens yeah um all right so that was all the questions i have so now the time is yours um you can talk about your podcast bourbon wow. um, Talk about your, your job, any, um, charities that you might like, whatever it is and tell people how to find you as well.
4: Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, uh, first off, Drew, thank you so much for, for having me on, on this episode, um, it's been a long time since I've been able to speak at length about Dave Matthews band. I used to be a writer for don't burn the I, that didn't last very long. And I honestly don't know if that website's still in existence. It is. Um, it hasn't
1: been updated in forever, but it's still out there, there. Okay.
4: Okay. So, um, I, I wrote a few articles for them back in the day and uh, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit, but um I spend a lot of time talking about bourbon and so when it finally comes back around to where I can talk about something else that I'm very passionate about um I enjoy it and this has been in some ways kind of cathartic for me as well that I've been able to um have a have a chat about one of the most important bands in my life um, so I, I sincerely express gratitude to you, uh, for, for bringing me on the show. And I hope to do more with you in the future. Maybe, uh, maybe once things clear up, we can do a halfway meetup for a show or something, you know, in between our two, uh, locales, which would actually be really cool. We could sip some bourbon and talk some Dave Matthews band and I don't know, just tossing it out there. <laughs> anyway um if you want to follow me personally i am at p Ritter 1492 on all social media platforms the show itself is at my bourbon pod on instagram facebook and twitter our podcast comes out every wednesday again it's all about bourbon but it's really all about the community of bourbon we have a good time we don't take ourselves too seriously um somebody I uh, posted or uh, po- what am I trying to say? Posed this to me uh, not too long ago. And I mean that within like the last hour or so. A couple hours actually. Um, he described our podcast as serious fun. And I guess like that's, you know. So, oh no, serious play. That's what it was. That's how I like kind of feel about it. I like, like it. Yeah, that's, that's how we kind of feel about it is that, you know, we, it's something that we are very passionate about and we we have a lot of love for. Um, but if, if we don't take the time to kind of step back and uh, enjoy ourselves throughout it, then it's it, it becomes kind of douchey and it becomes hoity-toity and we don't need any of that in that community. Uh, so it's called This Is My Bourbon Podcast. It comes out on all uh, podcatcher apps every Wednesday. Uh, five-star rating and review is a huge help for us as well. We have a bunch of apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadlist.com. We have uh, specific drink glasses. They're called Glen Cairns uh, for anybody who is interested in trying different ways to drink bourbon or other whiskeys. You can find those at whiskeyambitions.com. You can search for this is my bourbon drinking glass and they will pop up. Oh, gosh. What else? I have so many different things. Um, I've got a Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast. Little as a dollar a month. Helps support the show. Five bucks gets you some bonus content. Ah, uh, shoot. Oh, I've got music. I, I talked about the music earlier, too. It's a uh, perryritter.bandcamp.com. Um, I've got a couple of fairly recent releases peppered in there. Um, but the big one was my album from 2014, which I cannot believe was seven years ago at this point. Uh, but it's called Mine Heart. And the, the track on there that I was talking about earlier, uh, called 20... Uh, is the second song on the album it is very very dmb influenced um you'll hear it from the first couple of bars and uh, i love that song and i love the influence of that band so much um I'll, i'll throw out a charity as well um watering malawi and i i used to be pretty heavily involved with them I uh, and I think they might have shifted a little bit over the past few years on their focus, but initially they were building fresh water wells for um the people of Malawi, Africa because if, for anybody who doesn't know anybody who has to go to get water to drink, which is just a basic human necessity these people in Malawi would have to travel their entire day just to bring back one vase of water, one large gourd of water and watering Malawi goes to these villages and builds a freshwater well in their village. And they since, I believe transitioned into building um, uh, uh, bathroom facilities for them as well, which is another commodity that, we take for granted, but is super important for, for people who uh, have much less than we do. Um, and I think you can find them at wateringmalawi.com. It might be .org, um, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but they're wonderful people, and they, they do some really, really cool stuff. Uh, and, and I have, have been very passionate about uh, water for people in, uh, in the past 10 years as I became a young adult into being an adult. Uh, I think that's it. I can't really think of too much more, man. Uh, Drew, again, thank you so much. This has been so much fun, man. Yeah, no
1: problem, man. Hey, thanks for sitting down and having a conversation with me. Uh, It's been great getting to know your story a little bit better. Um, And I can't wait to have you back on the podcast for the uh, DMB boomerang, if that's what we decide to go with for the title, but either way, regardless i'm excited to have you back already so i think we're going to do that in season four uh, just a recap from before the interview and before the history we have a patreon now patreon.com dmb on demand if you want to help support the projects you also get a lot of perks in return free stickers free art free cell phone lock screens on and on and on uh So join us over at Patreon. We have the new Facebook group coming, Bartender Please, where we're going to explore even deeper than we do on the podcast, believe it or not, into the spirituality side of DMB's music. So, hey, thank you guys for stopping in and listening to the conversation of Perry and I. Thanks for sticking with us through three seasons. We've now got it dialed in, and I'm excited for season four, five, six, seven, on and on we go.
0: Welcome to the final segment for today, The Way I Heard It. We know there is such diversity within the DMB family, or community, And for this reason alone, there will be differences in how we all interpret the music and the lyrics. Each week, we select a song and ask several fans to break down the song the way they heard it. Take a listen. Perhaps you would have heard the song in the same way, or perhaps you'll find a new appreciation of the song discussed. Enjoy!
5: Okay, so we have been talking about Dave Matthews' band and the spiritual tone of many of his songs. Today we're talking about Pig, which is one of my fairy favorites off of the Before These Crowded Streets album, which in my estimation is an absolute masterpiece. Um, this this uh, particular song really is um, just so beautiful from a spiritual point of view, indeed. What I find fascinating right off the bat is its placement on the album. It's actually the 10th track. Now what is fascinating to me about that is that 10 is used in the Bible over 242 times. And the designation, the 10th, as in um, the 10th man or the 10th um, law, that's used 79 times in the Bible. Um, Also, 10 is viewed as a complete and perfect number, um, just like 3 and 7 and 12 are. Um, But here's the kicker. Ten is made up of the number four, which is the number of physical creation, and six which is the number of man, so isn't that interesting because the lyrics are directly related to physical creation, where he's talking about the starry skies, and man when he's talking about um uh then an evening dancing spent it's you and me this level this level open our world um uh, I just think it's incredible uh, and then later on where he goes come sister my brother shake up your bones shake up your feet i'm saying open up and let the rain come pouring in wash out this tired notion that the best is yet to come but while you're dancing on the ground don't think of when you're gone love love what more is there we need the light of love in here don't beat your head dry your eyes let the love in there so this is incredible to me. I, when I started thinking about it, I thought, I wonder if they did that on purpose. I don't know that they did, but if they did, then it would make sense because Dave is a very spiritual person. He doesn't claim a particular religion, but it's very evident by now that most of his songs have a nod to the Creator in one way or another. And Dave is very much about peace and joy and harmony and love and concerned for the earth and for his fellow man. So I just thought this 10th uh, placement on the album was really kind of fascinating. Um, the original was done as an acoustic, uh, and more about the fact that he had witnessed an actual pig being um, burned alive when he was a kid. It really affected him. And then, of course, this particular track has such a lush sound. Uh, the violin, violin, sort of punctuates the lyrics. Uh, really enhances it, I think. Um, this this uh, song just it, it is so beautiful. It brings me to tears because of the way it makes me feel. Um, I think we can all relate to it. Uh, the way he 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 talks about life in it. Um, and it also occurs to me, too, that, you know, he really does appreciate life. He's saying, um, look at blood. It's alive right now, deep and sweet within, pouring through our veins, intoxicate, moving wine to tears, drinking it deep. I mean, what what a beautiful sentiment that is. He's acknowledging that all life is precious, not just pigs, <laughs> but all life, animals and man alike so um you know and then he's talking about you know not to not to worry more about our lives than we need to and to really appreciate uh, what we have while we have it um you know he said this blessed sip of life is it not enough staring down at the ground oh then complain and pray more from above greedy little pig stop just watch your world trickle away oh it's your problem now it'll all be dead and gone in a few short years so what a, what a beautiful message what a beautiful song what a beautiful um what a beautiful way to tell people to go out be thankful live your life drink it all in appreciate what you have and respect and love your fellow man i just Think it's this song has all of that, and of course, what I said about the number 10 is pretty amazing. So,
2: anyway, that's my thoughts about Pig.
0: We want to give a special thanks to our guests and co contributors for this episode of the podcast. Without your valuable contributions, we wouldn't be able to continue. We hope that you've enjoyed our deep dive into the music of DMB and the community that supports them. You can find us on all social media platforms by searching DMB On Demand. Visit us on dmbondemand.com for DMB-related merch and to learn more about DMB On Demand. Until next time, don't burn the day away.